the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He was recognized in 2020 as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings over 30 years' experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Horses Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, now accompanied by my wife, Beth. Hey, everybody. And my son, Michael. Hello, everyone. All right. Now, this show ordinarily, you know, it's in two parts. We talk about estate planning and elder law. And the idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court. That's very important right now, especially avoiding going through probate because probate is taken forever. And as far as elder law is concerned, we try to save assets from nursing home bills. Today we have a show where we're really not going to be touching about estate planning and elder law. And if you have any questions about that, you can give us a call at our office, you know, Monday through Friday, most Saturdays too, at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Now the reason we're not, we're going to be talking politics a little bit and religion, they're kind of combined. We're going to be talking to a representative of Catholic vote. And he's going to be talking about a little bit of what they do and some of the issues that are important to Catholics and all Christians, you know, in the United States right now. We're living in, in dangerous times. And to illustrate that even more, we're going to have Father Paul back from the Middle East. He's back in Washington right now. He should be coming to New York in a couple of weeks. And, you know, you think things are bad here, go to Lebanon, and things are really bad. So Father Paul... And, and for those of you who don't know, Father Paul is a Capuchin priest. It's a priest who has a vow of poverty, and he's also a medical doctor, and he's devoted his life to helping Christians in the Middle East, primarily right now in Lebanon. He has been in Syria. Occasionally he's in Jordan. So he's going to be talking about his experiences, you know, in, in the Middle East, and, you know, anytime he's on, he does make his point. So again, we'll be taking a short break. We'll be back with you know, our interviews on Ask the Lawyer. Thank you for listening. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it hard to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A government-insured reverse mortgage may be the answer or might be the perfect solution for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner. I've been a mortgage specialist for over 20 years, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. 
This past October, the federal government made changes to the reverse mortgage loan program. Give me a call now so our office can show you how these changes affect how much money you receive and how the annual mortgage insurance costs have decreased. My job is to help you find the best solutions for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this FHA program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-943-2646, or try me on the internet at www.quanticbank.com backslash fmelia. Once again, call 888-943-2646, and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591. All loans provided by Quantic Bank, NMLS number 403503. Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. Right now, we're very pleased to have former congressman from Kansas, Tim Hulskamp. Welcome to Connors Corner. Well, thank you for having me on here. Okay, so you were in Congress for six years, am I right? I am. I did survive, and uh, but yeah, served from uh, 2011 to 2017. Okay, and you, you were involved in a little bit of controversy over the years. Oh, more, more than a little, I guess. I was a uh, straight-up conservative, and uh, sometimes they don't like you inside the Beltway for that. I just asked uh, President Trump. Uh, but, no, we, we fought on a lot of issues. I represented the state of Kansas. Great opportunity uh, to fight for conservative values and, and pro-life efforts in Washington. Now, okay, we're talking about pro-life. There's a bill coming up in Congress. Can you can explain it to the listeners? What would it do? Well, well, in response to uh, the court decision surrounding uh, uh, the Texas heartbeat bill, uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who is a self-proclaimed Catholic, is uh, planning on a vote on a, uh, a bill that would wipe out every single pro-life limitation on abortion, not only in federal law, but in state law. And she's planning on a vote in this bill in uh, about two weeks. Uh, but it's the most radical pro-abortion bill in American history, near as I can tell. And it's very likely to pass the House because Nancy Pelosi controls the House. And every single single Democrat uh, in the U.S. House is pro-abortion these days. And uh, and I presume every Republican will vote no. So a straight party line vote would be really close. But uh, she's likely to ram that through and send it over to the Senate. Well, it will, of course, uh, die because of Joe Manchin. Yeah, I mean, it's it's frightening sometimes when you think how much it revolves around one vote. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and what you learn about Washington is uh, a lot of things that look really important. I mean, it's it's about sending a message, but the message that Nancy Pelosi is going to send is that uh, the Democrat Party is uh, 100% owned by the abortion lobby, and they don't want any restrictions. I mean, you can just go look at... Virginia, just right outside of uh, Washington, D.C., where they uh, actually wanted to pass a law, and I think they actually might have, I can't remember for sure, which would allow abortions up to the day of birth, and that is the official party position, and we're going to see that on display uh, in uh, in the U.S. Congress in uh, two weeks from now. Well, you know, up here in New York, when the Republicans lost control of the state Senate, the same bill passed in New York, which cause celebrations, you know, in the in the halls of the legislature. 
Yeah, it is really, really shocking with most uh, most Americans. I mean, there's obviously disagreement, uh, but most Americans do not want uh, abortion on demand. Uh, most Americans uh, are uh, very opposed to taxpayer funding of abortion, and most Americans, for example, uh, support the Hyde Amendment Compromise, which said, again, no funding of abortion and, and really re- uh, strong restrictions on on federal uh, um, you know, allowance of abortion and protection of conscience rights for doctors and nurses. But those would all go away if Nancy Pelosi and, and uh, Senator Schumer got their way, and Joe Biden, which, by the way, has become – Quite no. controversial in the last few days about a so-called Catholic president. Uh, you know, uh, you really uh, can't decide when life begins now that he's in the executive Oval Office. You know, whatever happened to the Democratic Party? When I was growing up, uh, th- there were some Democrats who who were not liberal. There may have been moderates, but you know, and there were a few members of Congress who were Democrats who were pro-life. I don't think there are anymore. You tell me. There are none left in Washington, and then, of course there are, are, are a lot of pro-life uh, members, I guess, still in the rank and file of the Democrat Party. But uh, but when Dan Lipinski uh, was defeated in a primary last year uh, by the far left, he was the last pro-life vote in Congress that was uh, strongly pro-life, and every other Democrat that's elected is uh, goes to rank and file exactly with what the abortion lobby wants. Uh, and uh, what we will see with Nancy Pelosi is going to take it as far as it will go. And I think it's going to be an issue, you know, in the upcoming election, and it should be. And it's going to be an issue of a bunch of state elections as well after the, the heartbeat bill, you know, what was in the news out of Texas uh, last week. Uh, we're going to have a decision likely out of the Supreme Court uh, uh, from uh, based on the Mississippi, Mississippi law as well uh, next summer. And so I, I'm very strongly uh, pro-life, and I think it's great to have this debate and also great to uh, out the Democrat Party that Dan Lipinski is gone. They don't want him. They don't want any single pro-life vote. And actually, it's, it's, they, they made it very clear. And, and for pro-life Americans, whether they're evangelical or whether they're Catholic, if it's an issue for them uh, and like, like us, then there's only uh, – you know, they really shouldn't be a member of the Democrat Party. Let me ask you something. Do you think this is an issue that will work for the Democrats? I've got a hunch that that could backfire against the Democrats because people who are pro-life will switch their votes occasionally. Well, I think we've seen that, and, and you can see it in you know, my home state of Kansas, your home state of New York I, I, is is probably the same. My family you know, grew up Democrat, and it was because of uh, – pro-life issues that uh, my parents and eventually grandparents uh, switched from the Democrat Party as, as Catholics that they always had this favor for. And, uh, you know, now we're generation removed. And, you know, most Catholics in Kansas are, are Republican. And we see that taking place. You know, I work also with a group called Catholic Vote. We see that happening all over the country where once formerly Democrats uh, that uh, believed in uh, so-called party of the you know, the small guy, uh, because of uh, the issue of life and now religious liberty and, and and school choice as well, where they're saying, well, wait a minute, you know, I supported the the Democrat Party in the 1930s and 40s and 50s, 60s, maybe even 70s, because I thought they were for the little guy, and now I'm finding out that they're definitely against the little guy if he's in the womb, and so I think uh, particularly on the issue of life, the Democrats were, you know, you know. You know, salivating over the issue to, they were going to run on abortion because of what happened in Texas, in which you know, essentially has shut down the abortion industry, at least for a couple of weeks. 
and said, we're going to run against that. Uh, but what they will show us in two weeks from now in Washington is that they are for no restrictions on abortions. They want everybody to pay for them. And the new bills coming out of Washington, not, not just uh, this uh, up or down vote on abortion that Nancy Pelosi has scheduled for a couple of weeks, but to, in their budget bills, in their reconciliation bills, in, in what uh, Joe Biden is talking about, it's 100 percent abortion all the time for the Democrat Party. And so to answer your question, absolutely, this is going to be an issue that's going to continue to drive conservative Democrats, uh, whether the evangelical Catholic or even the, the, the non-religious, driving out of the Democrat Party. And they might end up in the Republican Party or they might end up somewhere as well, but they will no longer feel aligned with the, the Democrat Party as they have in the past. Now, you mentioned the Catholic vote. Can you please explain what what it is, what it stands for, what the purpose of the Catholic vote is? No, Catholic vote, I, I'm, I'm Roman Catholic myself, but the Catholic vote, we are a group that encourages in, uh, Catholics to live out our faith, you know, our private faith in the public sphere and in the public square. Uh, as, as Catholics, uh, we believe we have an obligation only to live our lives in, in union with our faith, our private lives, but also our public lives. So how we vote, who we give money to, uh, how we speak up, when we speak up. Uh, we're supposed to be looking up for the least of these, particularly the unborn. We're supposed to be defending our religious liberties. We're supposed to be looking up for, for uh, uh, those really in need. And our public policies and our public vote should match that. So we're doing what uh, essentially much of uh, uh, some of the post-Vatican to discussion was, gosh, laity should live out our faith publicly and, and do that more often. And so instead of just going to church on Sunday, here at Catholic Vote, we encourage, encourage Catholics across America to say, hey, what can you do the rest of the week to, to promote our faith? And when politics has become such a large part of, of, of the public life here in America that uh, you know we Catholics should have and do have something that should be said on, on behalf of our, our Catholic understanding of, of faith and morals in, in the public life. And so we uh, have hundreds and thousands of members across this country that uh, read what we do and that we put out, encourage them to get involved, and whether it's fighting Nancy Pelosi on, on, on this abortion bill or encouraging Joe Manchin to do the right thing in the U.S. Senate. Uh, we've had a, uh, an effort in the last uh, few weeks encouraging Joe Manchin to stand up because if he keeps his word to the voters of West Virginia – uh, the Hyde Amendment, uh, which is the grand pro-life compromise that Joe Biden even once supported, will still remain in law come come next year. And so that's uh, a few of the things that Catholic Vote does. And but it's pretty exciting because I think we're playing a, an increasingly impactful vote uh, voice here in America today. Now, let me ask you, you know, up in New York here, we had a famous governor a while back, Mario Cuomo. And he was one of the leading proponents of, of the fact that you could separate your private beliefs and actions with your public beliefs and actions, and that you should not impose your religious beliefs on the public square, so to, so to speak. So uh, how would you respond to that? And Joe Biden, I guess, is taking the same position. Yeah, this is uh, obviously, as you know, uh, Mike, is something that, uh, that was uh, put together in about the 60s uh, by actually uh, the, the Kennedy clan and, and, and like-minded folks. This is okay. Uh, we're going to do what it takes to, to get elected, and we'll say one thing essentially and do another. I mean, it's you can go back into uh, 
you know, whether it's Catholic theology or evangelical or Protestant theology, the, the idea that somehow you can believe something, but it doesn't impact your life is, is, it's really uh, makes no sense whatsoever. But for politically, uh, for the Democrat Party, it made a lot of sense for them because they could claim on one hand that they were a good Catholic and appeal to, you know, 25, 30, 40 percent of the vote across the country and in certain states like New York, even a massively large. And said, hey, yeah, we're Catholic just like you. Unfortunately, uh, privately, it doesn't impact anything we do. And so, but here at Catholic Vote, we believe that if you're going to call yourself Catholic, it should impact what you do, and not just in politics, but in your entire life. So you have people like Governor Cuomo, you have people like Joe Biden that somehow say, well, yeah, I'm Catholic, as long as it helps me get the vote, but it doesn't impact me. A great example was Joe Biden last week, I mean, in, in, the, in the most anti-science statement I think a president's ever made, says, you know what, I'm, I, I don't think life begins at conception. Well, of course, Mr. Biden, well, when does it begin? You know, if you're in the state of Virginia, apparently life begins after birth, which means you can kill any baby before birth. Uh, but again, it's just this strange, twisted logic, which is basically political only, that uh, folks like uh, Governor Cuomo, uh, you know, and, and and Joe Biden can claim they believe one thing and then do another, and that, that's uh, clearly inconsistent. And, and the church, the Catholic Church, has been very clear. You can't say you're a faithful Catholic and want to kill unborn children. You can't say you're a faithful Catholic and uh, but want to shut down Catholic agencies because they they uh, promote heterosexual adoption. And those kind of things are totally inconsistent. And uh, but uh, Catholic vote, we understand. Plenty of bishops sit on the sidelines, and, and you know they, they need to run the church, and they have uh, you know some difficulties there. But the faithful in America should hold Joe Biden accountable. Says, wait a minute, let's just call it out. You're no longer a faithful Catholic. I don't know when you were. Uh, that that's that's up to the, the good Lord. But you can't say you're Catholic and, and and do another thing. So it's it's you know if you want to talk about your former governor up there, he said, well. Publicly, he said he was against, uh, you know, uh, sexual harassment. But I guess privately, he, he had a, a, another life as well. So I guess that's kind of the flip side, where you again, but it's similar. You say one thing and do another. So that we're just asking asking for consistency here, and uh, and they do know. And I guess the bright spot is this: that Joe Biden does know that if Catholics across America find out what he really is about, and for you and me that are in the public square, uh, we said, well, how would they not know? There are literally millions of Catholics that voted for Joe Biden because that thought he was good old altar boy Joe. And, and frankly, I don't know anything that he stands for that's consistent uh, with the non-negotiables of the Catholic faith. Let me ask you something. Why is the clergy, and I mean, this is my own personal opinion, so wishy-washy on some of these yeah. issues? Oh, man, I think there's a lot of confusion, but I, I, a lot of confusion, a lot, a lot of miseducation. And, uh, but, you know, if you take some powerful family like the Kennedy family, it's been very powerful, influential, particularly throughout America and through the Catholic Church and, 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 and folks around them. I mean, they, I think they have misled, you know, you know, millions of people, including priests. And uh, you can just, you know. You know, open up Twitter today and see all kinds of Catholic priests saying some of the most non-Catholic things and promoting them. And uh, But it comes back down to the bishops, and it comes back down to the Vatican. Who are they going to hold responsible and why? 
and uh, and it's uh, the church is usually slow moving. But I, I what I see in the in the hierarchy amongst Catholic priests is not much different than you see uh, amongst uh, uh, self-identified Catholics, where uh, they, they again want to you know compartmentalize their their Catholic life and say, okay, I can be for uh, open borders, uh, but I want to kill babies, and uh, that is uh, completely inconsistent. Actually, they're both inconsistent one definitely not consistent with the faith i mean we're 100 percent pro-life as a catholic faith uh but uh, the decision on on border issues is not something that is uh written in stone that there's a certain catholic position on that there's a lot of discussions that can be had so it is hard to explain each of these of why uh uh you know priests can say these kind of things but uh here at catholic vote uh we we take uh Vatican too, and 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 uh, popes afterwards at their word that said it's time for the laity to be engaged. If you're going to wait on your bishop to do the right thing, uh, you might be waiting a long time. Just go out there and get involved, engage, and that's that's what we're trying to do at Catholic Vote. Well, you know, let me, let me ask you this: What is the position of Catholic Vote on on the border? I, that is a. An issue that is, uh, you know, we want to be humanitarian about that. We want to treat people humanely, uh, but we're not for open borders. And and, and I don't know if uh, actually if uh, if there's actually an official position of Catholic vote. I'd have to ask uh, President Brian Birch on that. But at the end of the day, that is a that is something that is not dictated by the church, even though there's plenty of bishops that dictate what exactly is the position. We have Catholic charities as is apparently giving uh, bus passes to uh, illegal aliens to go all over the country. That that's not an official church position, and and, and neither is a, a a closed border. And but that's one that's left up to the laity engaging in the political realm to say what's uh, what's the position. My personal position, I think, is most consistent with the Catholic faith. Is you you got to secure the border. You should have an orderly immigration system. It shouldn't certainly shouldn't be closed. I've got uh, two adopted children that are immigrants from Haiti, and so it's not a completely open, not a completely closed border, but it's not something to be dictated by a bishop in, in Brown, Brownville, Brownsville, Texas, for example. Well, you, you know, I think that's one of the, the problems that I've encountered, let's say, with some, some of the clergy, is that mm-hmm. I, I heard one bishop say not that long ago, well, you know, I, I can't support the Democrats because they're for abortion, but I can't uh, support the Republicans because their position on on the border and immigration. Yeah, well, uh, one one thing about uh, and, and I appreciate the position of of the bishop on that, but there's there's a distinction. You can't, you know, this this claim that somehow they're equal issue, they're of equal importance. <laughs> Killing the unborn versus uh, you know not having a completely open border and uh, I don't know of either party that wants a completely open border and and actually there are elements in the Republican party that would want more of an open border than the bishops would probably ever want uh, but at the end of the day you can't equate two issues uh, such as killing the unborn versus how do you handle immigrants from Mexico or hand, how do you handle immigrants from Afghanistan and and uh, you know good Catholic men and women can disagree on the latter, but not on the former. And, and so I often say, as uh, you know, um, uh, a number of priests have said as well, and, and have been punished for doing that. I don't know how one can be both a faithful Catholic and a 
a, a faithful member of the Democrat Party. They're just inconsistent. All you have to do is look at the platform. And even if you say, okay, I, I get it on abortion, but how about school choice? How about the role of God in the in, in, the, in the marketplace. Don't forget at the Republican, uh, the Democrat convention in 2012, they mentioned God and everybody started booing at the Democrat convention. Okay, well, I, I, I guess that that's your position. But if you look at the party platform, and I would encourage the bishops to do this, it's okay, do an analysis of both platforms. And I'm not saying you have to be a Republican, but I don't know how you can be for homosexual marriage and, and be for no school choice, and to be for uh, the slaughter of the unborn and say, hey, yeah, I like the Democrat Party. And uh, so I don't think that's consistent. But uh, you know, things in the Republican Party platform, I guess, good Catholics could uh, disagree on, and then they do. And, and so it's not either one, but it's the issue. And today the civil rights issue of our day is, is the issue, in my mind, of, of abortion, and there's a clear distinction. And if you look at Joe Biden, you look at Nancy Pelosi, you look at all these other prominent Catholics, quote-unquote self-identified Catholics in, the, uh, in, in America today and say, okay, exactly when is the hierarchy going to make it absolutely clear that uh, there's an excommunication issue here? And by the way, there was an issue in the Washington Post uh, last week by uh, the archbishop from um, – San Francisco talking about this very issue when the Catholic Church thought it was uh, fit and fine to excommunicate those who supported <laughs> racism and discrimination and excommunicated three uh, prominent members of, of such in, in Louisiana back in, I think, the 1950s. And says, you know, if, if, uh, if this issue of life and death for the unborn is at least as important. Isn't it about time that our bishops start talking about holding our uh, public uh, Catholics accountable? I sure hope so. Well, I remember uh, there was some talk of uh, Andrew Cuomo possibly excommunicating him when we passed mm -hmm. that uh, absurdly, uh, the, uh, you know, uh, you know, making abortions legal up to point of birth. And some of the bishops said, "Well, that's only going to give him more publicity and help him politically." Yeah, it, it might have, but that's not the point of the bishops of today. Their point is their flock. They're supposed to be leading their priest, their brother priest, and they're all supposed to be leading the laity in matters of faith and morals. If they're out there trying to figure out what's the best thing politically to do, if you look at the experience, in my opinion, of the last uh, 60 years, they usually do the wrong thing politically. <laughs> but it's not about politics and bishop. It's about doing the right thing, Archbishop. It's about standing up and making certain that the president of the United States doesn't get to dictate what is right or wrong in our faith. And, 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 but they're allowing him to do that. Uh, he is the bully pulpit. And so when, the, when uh, Joe Biden can declare, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm Catholic, but it's okay uh, to believe, it's, uh, believe in, in allowing abortion. You know, we had, I think, 78 House members, Democrat House members, wrote a letter to the bishops. Uh, I think early July it was, maybe it was in late June, and basically said, you know, we get to dictate truth. We get to decide what the church should teach because we're quote-unquote Catholic. And that is such a flagrant uh, misuse of their position and a, a misinterpretation of theology and, and conscience. And I don't see many bishops made a response to that. 
And that is that probably go back down in history as one of the darkest days of bishops that want to lead uh, their public Catholics to publicly elected Catholics. And, and where they said, I don't know, I'm sure some said something, but I didn't. I didn't see that. And uh, and so there are great opportunities. But, uh, again, focusing on the most political thing to do uh, is, uh, is, is not their first priority. It is to lead their flock. And uh, I will say, uh, usually, uh, particularly if uh, if you're a, a bishop today and, and it's a Democrat politician is is doing the wrong thing as as a, a elected and as a Catholic, it's, uh, politically it might be tough to stand up. I get it in in, in New York and 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 you know outline. Yep, it's wrong what uh, Cuomo did, and and they should uh, continue to to hold them accountable. So yeah, that's it's. If you're focusing on the politics, uh, you're not focusing on your job as bishop. Congressman, where can somebody learn? I'm sorry, Congressman, where can somebody learn more? We're running out of time, obviously. Where can somebody learn more about Catholic vote? Well, we're on uh, we're on Facebook, YouTube, Catholic Vote, uh, all one word. I mean, CatholicVote dot uh, org, and, and check us out. We also have a great uh, daily uh, email that uh, highlights some of the Catholic issues of the day and, and gives a great summary of the day for the first thing as you wake up in the morning called The Loop. And so sign up for it online. Uh, check us out. If you have any questions or comments, you can send us an email. Leave us a message at catholicvote.org. Congressman, listen, thank you for the fight you know that, that you've made over the years. You stand up for Christian values, and I know, you know sometimes if you take the fight too far, you suffer consequences in the political world, and, and you've done that. But some of us admire you for for taking the fight. Oh well, well, well thank you. And uh, it's uh, frankly that's uh, what we were promised by our Savior is that you uh, imitate me. This is how they they will they will treat you. So I, I thank you for that that compliment. It's just doing the right thing, and uh, and happy to do that. So thank you for your time on the show, and happy to join you anytime. Thank you very much, Congressman. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control, and church was actually a, a burden to me. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going. No, I didn't take my faith seriously, which, which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home, but if you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. We are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust, especially as a man. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. Thank God I'm home. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. You're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. 
You know, we have back on one of our regular guests, one of our favorite guests, and I know some of you are new to the show, so we're going to introduce him again, Father Paul Balicki. Father Paul, thank you for coming back on Connor's Corner. Good afternoon. Thank you so much, my friends. Thanks for having me, and uh, blessed Friday to all of you and whoever is listening to us. Michael, can you edit to Friday? Blessed day. Can you just yeah, say blessed day? Because oh, it's not show, okay. it's not playing on Fridays. Oh, okay, sure. It will on one station, but sure. So just say blessed so day. Repeat. Okay. Just start over. All right. Him... We'll start from scratch. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Connor's Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. Back with us is one of our favorite guests, one of our most frequent guests, Father Paul Balicki from from the Middle East. And welcome back to Connor's Corner, Father. Thank you so much, Mr. Connors and Beth, and thank you so much for having me, and blessed day to all of you and whoever is listening to us. All right, because we do have some new listeners coming in now. So can you introduce yourself for those new listeners? They may not know your story. Absolutely, yes. So I'm a caption fryer. I'm a physician at the same time, which is a great combination. If you want to spice it up your life a little bit, so be a capuchin and a physician. It's going to be fantastic. And um, so as you know, my friends, last year, August 4th, we've had a huge blast in Beirut, a huge explosion. Um, Explosive materials were were, uh, um, sitting on the boat for six years in in the Christian area. So the whole Christian area was wiped out uh, because of the explosion. I ended up on a different side of the of the neighborhood uh, because of the explosion. Uh, so, t- to be honest with you, also physically, yes, I I, I do have some some issues to to recover from. Um, it's 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 a challenging moment uh, for all, all Christians in Lebanon. It's a challenging moment to me. But again, I, I believe in hope. Uh, Saint Francis from Assisi was the guy who was believing in in courage and hope. So, so I try to keep up with it on a, on a daily basis. Uh, yes, our Christian community in Lebanon uh, is really uh, feels abandoned and damaged through what happened last year. Uh, and as you know, it was a huge blast, the 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 very heavy one. If you look uh, on Google photos and videos, the, the entire Christian area was just wiped out. So now, uh, since I'm still alive, and I think there's a reason why I'm alive, because so many of you prayed for me, and so many of you were sending me so many very uh, supportive thoughts, uh, I, I think I, there is a moment now for me to, to give it back and, and do something for our Christian community that I know here, uh, this Christian community, for almost for 20 years in, in, in Lebanon. So uh, after the explosion, after when I got uh, kind of a medical help for myself, when I decided that we have to do something, so um, I just got back from from Beirut, and um, I just realized that uh, bringing medications, uh, medical supplies, uh, the only option for me was to have everything in my private luggage, because the government over there is stealing everything if you send boxes with medications or medical supplies they will take it away from you so there's no control over it as you know hezbollah controls the uh, the airport so uh i i feel like from now on to i would say to january i'll be going back and forth to beirut from new york and or, or dc bringing medications and and medical supplies the amount of people 
we vaccinated the amount of kids that we give them we gave them what's necessary like medication especially for terminally uh, terminal uh, ill people which is also very serious so i feel like uh, i wish i could do more from a spiritual perspective but now i have to first do a medical part and after we can talk about how our spirit was broken because of the explosion so this is kind of you know long story short this is what i'm doing this is where where i've been and this is uh, my my kind of perspective um, humanitarian work that i will be doing hopefully for the rest of my life well let me ask you something and and i mean maybe this is you know we're egocentric here but the situation in Afghanistan, is that going to affect the plight of your Christians in the Middle East and Lebanon? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I would say two things. Uh, Mr. Connors, remember uh, the Arab Spring. Everyone was excited. Everyone was saying, wow, there is a new wave of democracy or, or you know, a new way of, of doing things. Actually, the Arab Spring brought a winter for Christian community. All criminals who were in uh, uh, in prison, suddenly they were they were freed, they were ready to go, and there were actually massacred Christians, not just in Egypt and Libya, but uh, North Africa and the Middle East. So that's number one. Number two, what's going on in Afghanistan and complete lack of responsibility will bring again extremism, will bring back uh, craziness, and sadly, uh, the very first target is, is usually a Christian community. And it doesn't matter if it's going to happen uh, a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Once you're a Christian, you are a target. So I'm kind of really concerned, and it's very palpable that that fear also in, in Lebanon, because there's no future, the government just gave up, and uh, there is no uh, kind of common responsibility for the country. Uh, so it looks like, yes, Afghanistan absolutely showed us for one more time that uh, it's the time of persecution, and uh, there's... There's more than to that, and it's not just the gospel or, or stories from centuries ago. The persecution is a fact now, and it's going to be it's, it's getting worse and worse, unfortunately. But we have to stand up. We have to we have to talk about it. We have to. Uh, otherwise, you know, if if we don't have a voice um, in the name of whoever doesn't have a voice, that that will be that will be horrible. The silence is not really a solution. It sounds like sounds sounds like. Pontius Pilate, you know, silently giving up. Now, what you know. what's the status of your mission right now? Where are you, you know, the physical plant? What's so the, the physical the physical location doesn't exist anymore. What I did when I was there, I did I put fences all around uh, the land because the land belongs to us. So that's a good thing. Once it's separated and it's kind of there is some clear matter that we are in charge of that of that land. Uh, that's so fences are kind of very very uh, good way to 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 do this so <clears throat> no one will just take the land because no one is, is paying attention to i paid all my fines that the government gave me for not cleaning out the streets after the explosion and each fine was amount of like 20 euro which is like about 25 dollars which is ridiculous because the government instead of really helping people to to kind of, you know, um, to clean up the streets and everything uh, as a common good, they actually, they will, they find me, uh, which is, that's something that's ridiculous. Another thing is that um, what I was able to do, I went to local authorities and I just confirmed that I'm, I'm still here, which means I, I, I will take care of it and I will 
rebuild the clinic and I will do this a very simple structure. Yes, I will still provide medical supplies and medical help to, to Christian community. So uh, with the local bishop, I did all the necessary bureaucratic work, which is very important because uh, for local authorities, there is a, a clear method that I'm not going anywhere. And, and yes, I will take care of the Christian community with, with God's help, with your help, whoever is listening to us. Uh, my very first uh, thing to, to go for will be a, a medical help. And when every, everyone will be in a good medical shape, yes, I will talk about the gospel. But first, it's like feeding people. If you're hungry, I'm not going to talk about the gospel. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feed you first, which is also a huge case in, in Lebanon now where people are changing, exchanging clothing for food because there is lack of fuel. There is lack of uh, places mm-hmm. where you can buy bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a super inflation uh, because of the, of the uh, local currency. So, uh, so now, if you if you earned one hundred dollars per month, now this is equivalent of twenty dollars. So, what are you gonna do if you have four or five kids? So, uh, my mindset is is all about providing what's necessary, what's basic to to all Christian families. With the help that I've I've got, uh, thanks to Mr. Connors Beth and our friends from from Brooklyn, from Bay Ridge, um, I was able to buy uh, medications. I was able to buy food from Egypt. I was able to restore few um, ovens, uh, huge ovens that that we can bake bread. Uh, so so uh, that was kind of the very first thing that I was I was doing. I paid for all fences around around our clinic, so the the, the our territory is well protected. I paid all fines, fees, and everything. So so thanks to that tremendous help that I received from you, uh, I was just showing the Christian community over there: you are not alone. And we'll go through this together, and I'm not going to abandon you, not after 20 years of being with you. So, so Mr. Connors, yeah, that's, that's basically what I was doing and what I will be doing, hopefully, for the rest of my life. Father Paul, have the other Christians from the community, are they beginning to build back, or are they not able to right now? They are not able right now because um, since there's no fuel, there, is, there are no generators. Uh, so there's nothing to help the construction itself. Apparently, maybe mid-November or the end of November, um, the fuel crisis will be over. But that's something everyone is promising, but no one is talking about uh, you know reality. So we don't know. Uh, what I was doing, um, what I was doing, I was uh, just taking literally uh, things that I had to uh, give others, like medications or medical supplies. And I was just walking around neighborhoods that I know in Beirut because I couldn't even use the car because I have no fuel. I couldn't make any, do any surgeries because I have no fuel for generators. So we just have to do step by step. And so, so Beth, to answer your question, I, I do things day by day, step by step. Hopefully, once we, we have, we're over, the fuel, uh, the fuel crisis will be over. I'll be able to recreate certain activities from a larger perspective. But I keep my hope alive. Well, goodness. Um, what Have you received any help from the Vatican? <laughs> so, uh, I'm sure there are lovely people over there, but they must be very busy. <laughs> and I'm sure they are um, extremely busy because no one is answering even my emails. But um, what I've learned so far after all these years it's the patience. 
patience, patience, patience. And uh, and I know that, I mean, if it's God's will, someone will wake up over there. But still they know that after all these years of a humanitarian work, I know how to find them. So maybe one day I will just have to go there to Rome one day and just talk to, to some of them just to show them that there is it's a wake-up moment. We have to wake up. And it, it, I don't understand sometimes that um, my mission, uh, the, mission the, the help I have received is so many times from people who are not even religiously, uh, religiously involved, but they're happy as a humanitarian, so human beings are happy to help. But I think right. to, to have that wake-up call, I think I will have to go to Rome by myself one day and... Uh, and do something about it. So I keep my, again, I keep my hopes alive. It's not easy, Beth and Mr. Connors. It's well, not easy, you know, but, but it's what it is. I, you know, growing up, I always, I always thought of Lebanon as the Christian country in the Middle East. Absolutely, um, yes. What, what percentage of Christians are left? So now we have, uh, uh, you know, unofficially we have 20, 24%. Um, and and from 85% from 60s and 70s if we are not 20 25% that that shows a huge difference now but still the entire middle east and all the whole area of the middle east and north africa we have 6 million christians so so many times especially uh, this is a message to to our listeners don't think that Middle East is, is all about uh, Islamic communities. There's a huge Christian community, different rites, different uh, um, literary traditions, but still Christians are cousins that we have to take care of. And uh, and I I think that uh, at some point uh, this is what I want to do for the for the rest of my life. That's why also thanks to your help we created this nonprofit organization Saint Francis in Beirut. So if if anyone can help us, because again. I don't do any typical spiritual religious mission. I have to do medical first. I have to feed people. And after we can talk about the gospel and, and theology. So if anyone, whoever is listening to us, you would like to help us, always uh, please remember about St. Francis in Beirut. This is our nonprofit organization. So Beth, I just, you know, I do day by day and, and let's see how it goes. But that right. would be great to have the support from, from right. Rome. But I think... I think now, after all these years, I think I will just have to physically go there and talk to a few people just to let them know that there's something wrong. Because, I mean, you were on the forefront when all of the the refugees from Syria and everything, I mean, what's the refugee situation over there now? So the refugee situation, dear Beth, is miserable because I went to refugee camp three times and only three times because I don't have a car. I was using a little bit of the bus. I was walking because it's 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 about you know one hour and thirty minutes from from my place. So what I saw so far, it's completely abandoned Christian community in the refugee camp. Because why? Because authorities, they don't even uh, let you uh, bring any help to them. And and the same thing is 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 when when we had that explosion last year, local authorities told. Um, people who came to Beirut to help us, that we don't need any help. So the government itself is kind of playing such a game to just let others, international community, to let them know that we are all good. But we are not, because Christian community is is really not just persecuted through their their faith or spirituality, but also through bureaucracy, through a local law. 
uh, how it's possible that certain uh, neighborhoods they, they have access to almost everything, but Christian community doesn't have. So it it, it gives you some kind of understanding that something is wrong and there is a, there is a political agenda behind that. So let's see how it goes. But but I think it's you know I'm I'm a good fighter, but sometimes. Sometimes I'm just like, you know, I'm, I just shake my hand. I was like, is, is this really happening? But it does. But we have to do something. About it. Right now, Father, unfortunately, we're running out of time for today's show. Sure. But if, if anybody wants any further information, they can give our office a call. And, of course, listen to the commercials that we have on, and, and that tells you how you can help. Father, please pray for us. We'll pray for you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And, and have a blessed day, all our listeners. And thank you so much, Mr. Commerce and Beth. I appreciate it. God bless you. God bless you, too. Thank you so much. Thank you, Father. All right, so I'll see you Monday night, then? Yes, yes. I'll be waiting you- for you. And uh, good things that I use way less technology now. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good thing. And um, so, yeah, I, it's going to be fantastic. I'm, I'm so happy to see you soon. All right, and I don't. We're you know we're going away for about two weeks. Yes, I remember you mentioned that. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And so we'll that, be back can, now, yeah. September twenty eighth. Okay. You've been invited to the radio Perfect. cocktail. Okay, I'll be there. And we also we have to maybe one day think about that uh, Holy Eucharist uh, in in yeah, our, yeah, lady, but our that's, lady of Angels. And then September thirtieth, we have the Catholic Charities Dinner. Perfect. Which You'll is see the last one that Bishop remember. DiMarzio uh, officiates I try to behave. at. I promise what? I will behave. You're not going to behave. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want you to behave. <laughs> Joe Piscopo is going to be doing the entertainment. Oh, that's nice. I'm going to give him Have a you ever heard him hug. sing? No I, no, I haven't heard from him as of yet, no. No, well, he's going to be singing, so it should Perfect. be fun. Perfect. It's going to be a lot of fun. But the most important thing, I'm going to see you. Monday, so I, I will hug you. It's going to be fantastic to see you. And, and again, okay. Beth and Mr. Connors, I really appreciate all your help because all, right. all that misery that we have, the help that we have from you, it's thanks to you. So thank you so much. All right. All right. All right. See you care. Monday. Thank you so Bye-bye. much. Have a lovely weekend. See you Monday. Do you know how many Christians live in the Middle East? Six million people. Do you know how many Christians need your help? Every single one. Do you know what we can do? With St. Francis in Beirut, we can give them hope. We can give them medicines. We can give them medical equipment. We can give them everything they're looking for. Because some others decided to remove Christianity from the Middle East. But if we will help them every single day, not just to feed them or clothing, it's all about giving them another day with the idea that they are recognized, that we love them, there are cousins, sisters, there are roots. So, St. Francis in Beirut, it's all about helping Christians, and you can be part of that help, too. If you want to help Father Paul in his mission, send your donations to St. Francis in Beirut, 213 Stanton Street, New York, New York, 10002. Again, Father Paul, and if you want to know how to help his mission, you can give us a call. Um, We're going to try to do a fundraiser in, in the fall, but his schedule is impossible, and that's part of the problem. So people always ask me, when are you going to do a fundraiser for Father Paul? When are you going to do a fundraiser for Father Paul? Well, like I said, his schedule is impossible. We'll do the best we can sometime this fall. Um, and be, meanwhile, if you have any questions about estate planning and elder law, Michael, where do they email us? 
That's going to be askmikeconnors at gmail.com. That's askmikeconnors at gmail.com. And if you want to see our seminar, it's on YouTube. So if you, how do you get into that YouTube where? Oh, well, if you want to go to, all you have to do is search Connors and Sullivan Video Seminar. Connors and Sullivan Video Seminar on YouTube.com. And if you want to get something interesting, not as boring, you can go on Toy Soldier Collection to end all Toy Soldier <laughs> Collections. And actually, that has an enormous amount of hits right now compared to the other interviews we've done, you know. Well, because it's a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, I, I, I typed into Mike Connors on one of the things and usually get the actor Mike Connors, but this time our video on Toy Soldiers oh, man. seemed to You're getting up. a big head, aren't you? Oh, yeah, my Yeah, well, goodness. we also have an interview with, with Steve Forbes that's in there, too, that talks about his father's Toy Soldier collection, and we talk about taxes, two separate things. Now, Steve Forbes gave us the most hilarious gift, which... You know, just um, it was a tie that was golden green with the term capitalist tool on it. He's a good guy. Oh, my goodness. He's right. great. So hopefully we'll be back next week at the same time and places. Thank you for listening to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, now accompanied by my wife, Beth. Bye-bye. My son, Michael. Thank you for joining us. The Guild for Exceptional Children, or GEC, has been providing excellent care to children and adults with developmental disabilities since 1958. It is our mission to help build better lives and brighter futures for the people in our care. We serve nearly 1,000 individuals each day and are proud that 90 cents of every dollar is used for actual services. Please visit www.gecbklyn.org or call 718-833-6633 to learn more. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, but when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors & Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.